it's Friday, which means we are diving into the stories of the week in our city. Joining me today are political contributor Evan Mintz and producer Carleone Jones. It's Friday, February 3rd, 2023. I'm Dina Kispit, and this is what Houston's talking about. Carly, Evan, are y'all ready to talk news today? Yes, we are. Absolutely. Awesome. All right, let's kick it off with Evan. Tell me what you think was like the biggest story in Houston this week. I think the biggest story in Houston this week is Houston Landing, <sighs> the new nonprofit yeah. news site that launched this week. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, Houston is a massive city mm-hmm. and a massive region, and trying to cover all of that news, I think, as we know. It is like a land war in Asia. It's just too much ground to cover. (laughs) Yes. You can't do it. Yes. (laughs) And so I am very excited that now there is a new outlet out there, uh, I guess like a local version of the Texas Tribune, Mm -hmm. to try to get into all of those corners of our region that simply despite best efforts, journalists can't get to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So do you have high hopes for Houston Landing? Uh, I very much do. Um, I I think that especially as it starts to go live, you're going to see journalists from across the country start to pay attention and want to Mm -hmm. come and work here. I think people uh, get excited. The idea of going uh, somewhere where you don't necessarily have to worry about circulation. You don't have to worry about selling ads. You just worry about doing the news Mm -hmm. and doing good journalism is the sort of thing that will get people to make donations. Mm hmm. Yeah, I'm with you on that. That was something I read this week on Twitter. And I was like, oh, okay, hello. Let's see how this goes. Yeah. (laughs) I'm excited. Carly, what about you? What's your biggest story this week? So my biggest story is that Harris County is moving forward with this plan to expand child care. Mm. Um, On Tuesday, the commissioner's court approved a $26.2 million program that's going to bring like 800 to 1,000 new seats for children. And this is really dope because Mm -hmm. it's for low-income families and they won't have to pay anything. Like it's free for the families and it's also high quality care. It's super hard to find childcare here in Houston. So the fact that they are like pushing something like this is amazing. Mm -hmm. It was like unanimous uh, in the decision making. And it's also going to increase some compensation for the childcare workers. So um, this is going to be funded under the American Rescue Plan. And they're basically just hoping to reduce the turnover of child care here and improve the quality of care that we have. And so I'm really mm-hmm. excited for the families that are going to get to experience this since it's just so difficult. And it's also so expensive to find places to take care of your child properly. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. I have to say I'm a little worried about all this because it's a one time federal grant, you know, mm-hmm. one-time dollars from the federal government for this. Yeah. How are we going to make it sustainable? Yeah. Yes. And I really hope that like the good experience from this at a local level is the sort of thing we can send up to DC and say, hey, maybe we need some like permanent funding for childcare issues. Mm-hmm. And we need to make sure that people can afford to uh, send their kids to childcare or maybe get compensated just to stay at home and watch their kids. But something that yeah. recognizes this is a critical need all across the country that's mm-hmm. increasingly unaffordable. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. As a new mom myself, and we couldn't have planned this better, but my best friends and I all had babies within like weeks of apart, which is oh, wild. Wow. <laughs> 
And they were telling me how they were like really struggling to even just find like a nanny because daycares, the list, the waiting list were just way too long. So I was like, okay, let's try to find, you know, an at-home nanny just to come be at home with a baby. Even that you couldn't find. Like the shortage is real across the country. And like you said, Evan, like this is a one-time thing. And I'm hoping that if we do see success in this, that we see a change really at the the higher level because something has to give it's getting it's really difficult to be a parent and try to work and try to do and juggle a million things and then Mm -hmm. try to find at not just good childcare but also safe because of all the things that Mm -hmm. you're hearing happening at daycares is scary like people hurting babies Mm -hmm. it just terrifies me so that was totally my biggest story too i'm I'm worried, but I'm also like excited to see this change. But I do hope that we see something broader, something that really helps parents across the board, because this mm-hmm. is something that we're all struggling with. I agree. Hopefully it's something that sticks around once they see the improvement of it and how it yes. really helps the Houstonians here. Yes. No, I agree. So, Evan, what do you think is a story that was overlooked this week? Now, the national headlines have been dominated, and appropriately so, by the killing of Tyree Nichols by Mm -hmm. law enforcement officers Mm -hmm. in Memphis. But something that's been missing, I think, in a lot of this conversation is the idea that these officers who were involved were part of a specialized unit that was supposed to tackle high crime areas, hotspot policing. Mm. And you see this happen in departments where you get these internal mentalities of small groups of officers who feel like they need to be tougher and harsher and meaner, and we see the consequences. But here in Houston, there's been rigorous research in the Houston Police Department about something called procedural justice training, where you take officers who do hotspot policing and you put them through a rigorous process where they learn how to interact with people in ways that communicates respect, Hmm. that you hear their concerns. When they yell at you, you don't yell back. You de-escalate, you don't escalate. So that everything uh, that you do uh, communicates to the community that you are treating them with respect. Mm. And what we've seen in this research is that uh, crime goes down, the number of arrests goes down, and trust in police, good feelings towards police go up. Mm. And it's a counterintuitive thing that you need to be not tougher in policing, but less tough, Mm. more empathic. Mm-hmm. And it works. Mm-hmm. And this is something that we have figured out here in the Houston Police Department. And we need to start uh, spreading that gospel to other police departments so we do not see people killed by the folks who are supposed to protect, protect and serve us. them. Mm-hmm. But there's another part to this story, too, mm. that Texas is supposed to have uh, oversight from the Texas Commission on Law Enforcement, TCOL. Well, they just went through their sunset review to make sure, you know, are we actually regulating police in a proper way? Mm-hmm. And the takeaway is no. Like, TCOL is not at all up to stuff to be yeah. able to regulate officers. And one of the big problems they found is that Texas allows officers to be fired, just go through dishonorable discharge, and then rehired in other law enforcement agencies. Mm. And if you just do a breakdown of the numbers, it is shocking to see officers who probably should not be uh, working in any police department ever, just getting rehired. Mm. Like one of these stats that stood out to me, this is from a report from Texas 2036. Harris County Constable Precinct 4 Office, 17 officers who had been rehired after a dishonorable discharge. Wow. wow. Is the second highest law enforcement agency anywhere in the state for those numbers. Wow. It is shocking. 
Like these are people My who God. make decisions of life and death every day. And if they cannot be trusted, they should not be allowed to be police officers. Right. And the standard to have your license revoked is so high. You know, you basically have to break the law. But if you're a lawyer, if you're a doctor, there are plenty of things you can do that you shouldn't do that can get your license revoked. Mm -hmm. Mostly has to do with under uh, undercutting public trust, that people put trust in you. And if that trust can cannot be upheld, then you should not be able to do the job. How do university police officers fall into this? You know, do they because like we saw the U of H student, the theater student who had the gun pulled on him, like what kind of training are they receiving? Are they is there a way to get them that proper training if they don't get it? Oh, that is a really good question. Texas has more law mm -hmm. enforcement agencies than any other state by far like a massive number and the ability to regulate them and make sure that standards are where they need to be is just difficult because you have agency after agency after agency, each one doing its own thing, mm -hmm. each one having its own training procedures, each one having its own uh, internal mm -hmm. uh, punishments and rewards in ways that TCOL is not big enough to regulate. Yeah. And so we ask like, who are these yeah. officers yeah. who end up at these small agencies what training do they have? Mm -hmm. like, these are really good questions. These are critical questions. Yeah. And it kind of gets at the bigger systemic vision of <laughs> how does policing operate and how should it operate? Mm -hmm. uh, and if we don't ask these questions and we don't really like get to some solid answers, then you're going to have Tyree Nichols and George Floyd's and yeah. more deaths yeah. at the hands of police over and over and over again. And mm -hmm. I don't think police want that yeah. to happen. Mm -hmm. I don't think That's anyone so wants true. that to happen. We're going to have to start asking the tough questions about how we actually regulate police. Yeah, very true. Carly, what about you? What is your underrated story? So my most overlooked story is kind of an update from last week when I was telling you all about the Texans head coach search. Uh, well, they officially have a new hire and it's neither one of the people that I was telling you all about last <laughs> week. Um, they actually hired a former Texan. His oh. name is DeMarco Ryans and he is the 49ers defensive coordinator. And whenever he was playing for the Texans, he was also the captain, like the team captain. So, uh, he was hired on as the team's sixth head coach. And the reason why he wasn't in the second round of like interviews originally was because his team was playing in the championship. So they couldn't technically have interviews with him during the time. Uh, okay. So as soon as he got out, they just swiped him up, y'all. They swiped him up. Um, <laughs> nice. Yeah. So but a lot of people are calling this like a really special, I guess, reuniting like of the like Texans a, what a with the former player and yeah <laughs> coming home it's kind of a beautiful thing <laughs> yeah uh he spent six seasons with the Texans wow. and started every game during their first playoff run in 2011 hmm. um he's number two on the franchise career list for tackles with 636 tackles but the thing is his history with the Texans isn't like all sunshine and roses. Um, mm -hmm. Back in 2010, he tore his left Achilles tendon. Ooh. And yeah, yeah. Ouch. He was traded to the Eagles in 2012. And then in 2014, he sued the Texans because he tore his right tendon during a game on the Texans field and it ended his career. Wow. So he felt that the uneven turf like basically caused a premature uh, oh, ending to his career. Wow. So wow. this lawsuit that he did, it was running on until about 2021. Uh, so um and that, and they yeah. just hired him? 
Yeah. When you see Tom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It went to like state and federal courts. <laughs> I got questions. You know, but but he's back and okay. I guess it's all, you know, beautiful now. All water under the bridge. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's all water under the bridge. I guess, you know, they they're gonna end up paying him anyway, so he's getting his money that he deserves. <laughs> Well, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I hope this means that you know the Texans will do well. Um, mm-hmm. This is a hopefully a good thing. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, I think it's somebody that definitely will care about the team. Like JJ Watt tweeted out a picture of the two of them on Twitter, like right after it was announced. So um, I guess it just kind of shows that he was a really good person, good player, and you know cares about everything. And I believe he's the third black coach in NFL currently. Ooh. That's that's I didn't even know that stat. That's amazing, actually. It's amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so get us we'll some see. wins. <laughs> Hopefully. I hope. <laughs> Not that I'm a football fan, but I mean anything <laughs> Texas, right? We got to root for him. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Oh yeah. Okay, so my overlooked story, it's kind of a bummer because I'm a huge H-E-B fan. But um, Mm -hmm. there's this petition that an anonymous employee circulated earlier this month about H-E-B's new absence policy. It's it's Mm -hmm. so disappointing because H-E-B says now it'll penalize employees who test positive for COVID and then call in sick. Mm. Which I'm like, Mm. so do you want them to come to work and just like pass on COVID to everybody who comes in? Yeah, what? Shoppers and your co-workers? That was like so disappointing to see that our beloved H-E-B is doing a boo-boo. Like I don't, that's not okay. You know, I'm not surprised. Like Texans have this bad habit. We have this bad habit of falling in love with brands that pander to us. And I love those H-E-B yes. products. I love like the Texas shaped yes. chips and, you know, and the ads with the Astros in them yes. and, you know, shopping. There's a pleasant experience, but it's a company mm-hmm. and their goal is to make money and they're going to do or say what it takes to make money. Yeah. Like, Don't mm-hmm. fall in love with someone who has a profit motive. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel the same way about the Texas love for, say, Bluebell. Bluebell killed a bunch of Texans because they didn't catch Listeria. They knew there was Listeria in their Mm -hmm. ice cream. They Mm -hmm. didn't do anything about it. And a bunch of people died and even more got sick. And today, to this day, people are like, oh, I love that Bluebell. It's like, why? It's like, don't you remember? Why? Like, there's other ice cream. (laughs) There's other grocery stores. Like, there's other things out there. Like, you know, have a sense of, like, confidence in yourself. Mm. Like, don't, don't date someone just because they give you cheap compliments all the time. Like, don't go to, like, a bad store just because, like, they puff you up. Mm. Like, go to the place that actually treats you right. Does any company? treats their employees right. So there's not any company, I guess, that treats you right. Yeah, I was about to say, they're all companies, so they all will probably treat you wrong. Kroger's has some unionized stores, oh, you know, okay. and when you have a union... You know, you don't you don't beg, you negotiate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, good point. But okay, maybe it's just point. one of those things you have to take in mind. It's just I'm going to go there. I'm going to give you your money. You're going to give me the products, and like that's the end of this relationship. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Doesn't need to turn into like a like cult I, love. I have no love for Ex- yeah. I have no love for Exxon, but like if I need gas in my car, like fill her up. I guess yeah, right. <laughs> like you don't have a choice. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, I need to eat. Hello, H-E-B, here's $20, give me dinner. You gotta do what you gotta do. But H-E-B compared to Kroger <laughs> yeah. prices, like, H-E-B tends to lean a bit cheaper 
more mm-hmm. affordable. So it's like you would want to yeah. keep going to HGV, but then when you see how they treat their employees, you're like, ugh, it's like this tug and pull. It's like, what do you do? You hurt mm-hmm. them where it hurts, where they're, you know, you boycott, hurt their pockets so that they treat their employees better. I don't know. I don't know because there's a lot of people that work for HEB that love working for HEB because they do have a lot of things that they do for their employees that are very positive than other companies. So it's kind of like a a give and take. Like everything is not going to be perfect, you know. This is a big deal, I feel, because it's like you're not just harming your coworker and your employees. You're harming like the public. Like this, Mm -hmm. this goes beyond that. And for me personally, how I see it. But yeah. No, no, it's actually, yeah, that's, you have elderly people going in there. Yeah. COVID is not the thing to be spreading to people mm-hmm. and penalizing people for it. No, definitely not yeah. okay at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe something will come of this petition that's out there. Mm-hmm. Okay, now we need some joy. Brighten our, brighten everybody's day to day. Evan, what is making you happy? Ah, uh, you know what makes me happy? You know what, like, makes my heart grow three sizes? Headlines <laughs> about pension reform. <laughs> I, yes, yes. This week, the Houston Chronicle had a story about Houston's pension reform from 2015, Mm -hmm. which was huge news, incredibly controversial. The city was on an unsustainable path. So Mayor Turner got elected on a promise of reforming the system Mm -hmm. so that we would bend the cost curve. We take away some of the aspects of pensions and that, uh, that were really driving growth sat down with the police union and the municipal union and the firefighter union, got together a plan, went to the legislature, sold it there. They passed it. And it has worked. It's crazy. And, you know, people, people were cynical about it or people were skeptical of this plan because it still kept pensions in place. It didn't switch to 100% 401k style plan where you get defined contributions, not defined benefits. Mm-hmm. But it, just looking back on that, it's a, a reminder that like when people sit down and negotiate, like you can get good deals out of yeah. it and mm-hmm. that you don't have to go all the way. You don't have to throw out something just because it's broken. You can fix it. Mm-hmm. And it's just I'm always heartened when we see government working, when we see things are broken that get repaired. Mm-hmm. And when we see like follow up, good follow up stories, too, in the news, like, hey, remember that thing that dominated headlines like you know, eight years ago, like what's going on with that? Like, did it work? Did it not work? Like what went on there? It's like, well, it all worked. Wow. So that made me very happy. I'm constantly worried about uh, our city, whether mm-hmm. we're growing, mm-hmm. whether the budgets are sustainable, whether we're building a place where people are going to be able to live in 50 yeah. years and seeing things like this, you know, they make my heart grow larger. Aww. You also had some like, solid life advice. Like if something doesn't work, try to fix it. Don't just throw it away. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. That is a piece of advice to walk away with. I love that. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Carly, what about you? What's bringing you joy? Mine is a little bit more personal. Okay. Um, My little brother, whose birthday was actually this past Wednesday, he turned 17. Happy birthday. Crying in the club, y'all. I'm sad. (laughs) Can't believe it. That's my little baby. Um, (laughs) So he also got two college offers to play football. And when I tell you, me and my family were excited. We're so excited. They're both uh, D1 colleges, UTSA and Sam Houston. Mm. Um, He's a D lineman. And so like he's a junior right now. So the college offer is starting to roll in. It's just like super excited. I'm so happy to like see him get excited about everything, jumping around the house and, (laughs) you know, like, (laughs) so that brung a lot of joy to me and my family's heart this week. So that's mine. 
That w- that is such a beautiful thing. Of mm. course, that would bring all of us joy just seeing that. Yeah, I love that. That's so nice. Well, can first of all, happy birthday to your brother, and congrats to all y'all. Congrats all around. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. That's awesome. Let us know what he where he ends up. What he chooses. Oh yeah, I'll keep y'all updated. Yes, keep us updated. So my moment of joy, of course, Beyonce dropped yesterday her tour dates and she's coming to houston y'all september 23rd (laughs) the queen is coming back to her city i mean tickets it's always like a crazy wild thing trying to buy tickets Mm -hmm. you know we all know Mm -hmm. the whole taylor fiasco what happened with that Mm -hmm. i'm hoping there's no repeats with beyonce beyonce's a queen this is her city she's given back to us and i'm just so excited i say get your tickets as soon as possible it's at nrg I'm so excited to see her. The world like stopped on like Wednesday when she dropped this announcement yeah. that she was doing this world tour. Oh my God. I saw it all over Instagram, all over Twitter. People were like, how do you mute the word Beyonce? I know. <laughs> That's what I saw because it was just exploding everywhere. Like she just brings so much excitement, especially to the city of Houston. So I'm excited to see the show yes. and everything. I don't want to fight for these tickets though. That's why I'm kind of like, like... It's crazy. Also, like seventy three thousand as the potential capacity. What the? Oh, yeah, if wow. it's in NRG, I imagine you you should be able to get a ticket. I mean, maybe, maybe not, but it's so so big, so many seats. Yeah, but there's like a verified fan online thing, so you have to go basically sign up online to register as a fan to then get a ticket when the tickets come out. Like It's crazy. It's crazy. Like It's not the simple Ticketmaster. Also, there's kind of expensive $200 a ticket. Mm-hmm. That's Honestly, steep. for Beyonce, I feel like that's not that bad. For really? Beyonce, yeah, that's not bad at all. $200 a Mm-mm. ticket. Am I the only person no. that's like, what happened to like those cheap tickets back in the day? Those have been gone. <laughs> I've seen worse, man. You've seen worse than that, Evan? Oh, definitely. God. For just like a regular ticket, what was like the worst you'd seen? I I don't know. I don't go to... I'm thinking of like sporting events. Oh, sports. You know, where you try to get a ticket to something. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm thinking World Cup. (laughs) And and like if I'm going to go to like to to a sports, you know, sport game uh, and like they have a season, like their games all the time and still tickets like are that much. It's like a one time Mm -hmm. thing. Like when's the next concert going to be? That's true. That is true. Exactly. She she does she doesn't come around often. She doesn't. This is like her. So the Dubai show that she did a few weeks ago, that was her first concert in like five years. Dang. So people, yeah, yeah, people are gonna like make sure they go to this honestly because you you don't know whenever she's gonna have a next another one. But yeah, yeah mm-hmm. tickets can get high. I've seen tickets high for even like football games. I've seen people pay thousands of dollars to go to college. Oh, yeah, football Ooh, games. could not be me. Mm-hmm. Yes, no. wouldn't be me. See, see, this is why I go to Rice football games. It's like thirty-five bucks. You can sit anywhere. It's great. That's the way to do it. Like, yeah. If you go to UT versus Oklahoma, I think. Yeah. It's in Dallas. It's a game they have in Dallas mm-hmm. every year. It's a really big game. The tickets, yeah, they're like a thousand dollars. A thousand dollars. It's college. College. <laughs> yeah. It's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. They can get crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, y'all, get your Beyonce tickets if you want to go see her. (laughs) That's our pro tip today. (laughs) Thank y'all so much for coming on Talk News with me. Yeah, it was fun. Oh, anytime. Awesome. Y'all just heard our political contributor, Evan Mintz, and producer, Carleon Jones. 
Next week, we are doing a show all about love, which means I want to hear your love stories. Tell me all about them. How did you meet? Did you meet at Whataburger or H-E-B? Maybe you both were at the rest stop at Bucky's on your way to Austin. I want to know. So text, email, call, whatever it is. We want to hear your story. All the information on how to do that will be in our show notes. That is all I've got for y'all this week on CityCast Houston. I'm the lead producer, Dina Kispe. The producers are Carleone Jones and A.K. Almotman. The newsletter writer is Brooke Lewis. And the music is by All the Kimonos. If you love our show, then why don't you tell a friend, especially that friend you're texting all day? Send them an episode. I guarantee you they will love it. Till next week. Bye. That's crazy. (coughs) (coughs) Oh, excuse me. Ooh. You got too excited there? You all right? I just got worked up. I said so excited about this. (laughs)